With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washhead, Steve Sippel. We're still trying to catch our breath, but we're almost caught up. Uh, but still, lots going on. We're going to hit on Transfer Portal, Big Ten coaching movement. We're going to let Robin have his basketball segment now, guys. Finally. Gets his basketball. They beat Creighton. You, you can have the whole show. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Um, I'll tell you, well, yeah, we shouldn't look at We shouldn't put it that way. Let him have it. He should. Well, there's a time of the year <laughs> where we have so to be a football show, and yeah, our main affiliate, KFAB, the largest radio signal in the state of Nebraska, carries us every Friday, and this is our first week off KFAB. It's during is the it? fo- yeah, uh, they're football only, um, so they carried all the way up to last week. So uh, we're still on our great affiliates in Kearney and, and Lincoln um, and Fremont and around the state, but uh, I want to get in, guys, to the coaching staff because that's still kind of where the topic is. Matt Rule. Um, Almost done with this coaching staff. We think we kind of know where it's heading. Uh, we uncovered a big piece last night um, for our Husker Online subscribers on the Red Sea Scrolls. Um, broke the news that Donovan Riola is going to be back on this staff with Matt Rule. And um, it 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 was, uh, as, as there was a joke on Twitter um, I saw this week, it was ratioed. What's <laughs> happening? <The>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's um, the, the means when you get more comments than and likes. likes and retweets. Oh. Yeah, it, it was a very interesting post. I mean, I'm looking at our post right now. It's got almost 20,000 premium views and 10 pages of comments um, on the news of Raiola. And look, I'm going to look at this from, you know, another perspective. He didn't have any time to build a line at Nebraska. He lost his best player for the season, Teddy Prohaska, um, who was probably brought back too soon. Nuri Noelli was suspended for something out of his control. That might have been their next best lineman. So he he was kind of down in the game 21 nothing before he even really got going at Nebraska. Oh, I don't know about that. 10 I mean, nothing. What 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 do you think um how many guys do you think uh, Rule interviewed for that job? Well, four is what we were told. Okay, how many of those guys have a nephew who's a number 1 rated recruit in the country? None. One. One. The guy who got yeah, the excuse job. me, one. Uh, no, no, I thought you said how many other than other. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying. And also, you could also look at it this way. He might, Rule might look at the situation and say the last thing those linemen need is a third offensive line coach dealing with them in 2023. That'd be number three. I mean, you're talking about guys that are sophomore juniors, um, you know, Piper and Corcoran and Ben Hart, uh, Prohaska, Newry. All those guys should now be pretty much in the – if they're going to be good, it's got to happen pretty much right now. And maybe he, Rule's thinking is, now if I put another guy in front of him who's teaching them, starting over again, is that just going to drag those guys back? That's 
I think it's a in that way. It's not a. It makes sense to me if that's what he's thinking. If he gets up in front of the media rule on uh, whatever it is signing December, day, signing probably. day, and says, "I I did this for continuity," then that would make sense to me. For now, continuity. let me throw this back at you. There were reports and thoughts that John Garrison, former Husker player, who sent a tr- his lineman to the Outland Trophy Finals last year at North Carolina State, was interested in coming back to Nebraska. <laughs> Don't get me started. If you could have, I mean, if you could have a guy like um, John Garrison, who has been a successful line coach here, who's been very successful, a successful line coach that the fan base ran out of town. Now well, they want him back to say he wasn't the run out of town. Look how many guys he sent to the NFL, and he recruited the Davis twins here. Oh, listen, Sean, that was, he was on Pelini's staff. Okay, but it wasn't him that got run out of here. They all got ran out. Yeah, they got ran out of so here. Now you the, want to beg him back? Well, he got run to out of the program. He got run it's out of here. He got run out of here because of the pol- right. the politics. All right, he got out of, run out of here. Oh, because really? Of the, because of the chancellor, because of the AD. Okay, you think he got run out of here because of his coaching in the <laughs> no, lines? The staff got ran out. Well, they got. I mean, you run him out. <laughs> I mean, you were happy to usher him out the door. I was not happy. I mean, they, that's <laughs> what's a good come radio. On. No, no, I'm serious. I mean, what? what let's be real about it. That staff that won nine games or was shown the door, okay? And now now let's bring him back. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, just be real about it. That's all I'm asking. Does the fact that he's a Husker legacy make him different than other <clears throat> members of that staff? The fact that there is that connection. I get, yeah. Well, let's face it. You're I mean, right, Sean. You're right. John's done a great job. He sent a guy to the Outland Finals. Yeah, last he's year. done a great job, and he probably did a good job at Nebraska, but it wasn't good enough then. But now it is. Okay. So going back to that's all I'm saying. Going back to right. Riola here, another thing to consider is if you want to try to give the benefit of the doubt in this decision, is that Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield both have extensive offensive line experience. Satterfield does too. And so. When they're going through this negotiation, maybe it's a, only a handful of actual people that wanted the job or that they even talked to about the job. They felt good enough in what they saw from Riola to give him that opportunity. So it, I, I think it was beyond just continuity and just trying to sure. not shake things up for that offensive line again. I think they probably saw enough out of Riola to at least give him sure. a crack at it. So. This is kind of one of those things where you can certainly criticize this move oh, yeah. and every every uh, every are. nuance of it just yeah. because of how bad the offensive line was. I mean, there were points where we thought Casey Thompson wasn't going to survive the like season. Like the Rutgers game. Because he was getting pummeled week in, week out because they could not protect and they could not run the ball. But I will say there were guys that got better. Ethan Piper got better. I mean, from where he was to where at the beginning of the season to where he was at the end, he was a better player. And no, I mean, that's development in my mind. And yeah. So Bryce Benhart went from one of the lowest graded right tackles in all of college football to being serviceable, not, yeah. <laughs> not the worst, you yeah. know? So I don't know, like I, I, to Sean's point, it's, you can't put all of the failures on Donovan Riola because he didn't recruit that group. Now you can say the one portal guy they got was Hunter Anthony. That was probably a miss. So now you're going to give him a full recruiting that was, cycle. That was foisted on him. Though. Yeah. A full recruiting cycle to not only develop, further develop this group, but try to add some pieces, you know, do some work in the transfer portal to, to improve some weak spots. So, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to completely throw this book out there or throw this hire out the window as a, as a complete disaster. My, I mean, my only thing is like his recruiting body of work is hard to, to evaluate 
because Sam Sledge was coming to Nebraska. That's Bob Sledge's kid, his okay. legacy. Okay, keep going. Uh, Brock Knutson. I mean, they've got like a Husker duck blind at their house. He's coming to Nebraska from Scott's Bluff. <laughs> I mean, no joke. I mean, no, like they're they're huge Husker fans. Okay, who else? Ron, uh, Gatula, Gunnar Gatula lives yeah. in Lincoln. His dad's the Lincoln Southeast football coach. Other than like Ty Good, which didn't I meet him once with your sister, Sipple? Uh, I don't know that. The Notre yeah. Dame defensive yeah. back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. came from Lincoln Southeast. Yeah. I met him once at one of our mini radio yeah. shows we did years ago. Okay. He's like the only Lincoln Southeast guy that's probably ever told Nebraska no. Yeah. So those are their three linemen. They've got a lineman recruit from Gretna they're going after, okay. Mason Goldman. Um, so we don't really know much about like him as a recruiter because he never really recruited until he got to Nebraska. That, and, and Nebraska, and you're going to throw back at me, well, what's recruiting matter now at the portal? It uh, matters less. It, I think it matters in the offensive line as much as any position in football mm-hmm. because you need to develop. You, I mean, I think the plug-and-play model with the offensive line is a very slippery slope to walk. Okay. I, I'll tell you one thing I admire about Rule. He's clearly not licking his finger and sticking it up in the air and trying to gauge where the wind's blowing. I mean, this is he apparently doesn't mind that the public sentiment is – one almost a hundred percent, not a hundred, but way against him, uh, mm-hmm. which I admire. Maybe he's not even paying attention. He probably may, he may, strikes me as a guy that does not pay attention to that sort of yeah, thing. It could be he's oblivious, um, which is probably what he needs to be. Yes, I think so. He can't. Yeah, he can't worry about the public sentiment at all. And I, apparently, he's not. Now I would. Now I don't know. There might be some people defending the hire. I don't hear a lot of that. Um, and I, is it okay to come down on it? Let's just wait and see what, what it looks like. Here's the other thing, too, about his recruiting. He just locked up, what, four or five of the top in-state offensive linemen in the class? Yeah, that's what Sean was just saying. I know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, I mean, what, what's been the knock? Nebraska's let too many of these guys get out of town. Ryle got them. And, yeah, right. they, maybe they were shoe-ins, but he didn't screw it up. He got them right. here. Right, so that's more. And also that, that would speak to the continuity discussion. He recruited him, give him a chance to coach him. And also these guys who were – who are right in the heart of their careers, Corcoran, Ben Hart, Piper, mm-hmm. New Ely, that crowd of guys. They're, this, is t- this is it now, third, fourth year guys. This is where they got to go. It's got to happen now. And maybe his thought, like I said, like I said before, Sean, does it make sense to you? If you bring in a new guy, the techniques are changing generally. They're going to change it up. And these new guys are going to be like, oh, God, here we go, third guy now, third guy, Austin, Rayola, now who's this guy, and what's he teaching us? And maybe you there's know? something to the way Rayola teaches and, and his concepts with offensive line play that fits what Rule wants. And Sipple, did, did, did um, Mark Whipple really help Donovan Rayola? I don't think so. I, I'd I, say not. I think the way they played, and you know th- that wasn't a very healthy partnership, mm-hmm. those two gentlemen last year. Oh, no. You've heard. You know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we've, we talked about it. We did some tunnel talk items on that. No, it wasn't healthy. It was unhealthy at times. It wasn't a relationship, really. No. I mean, it was a very. I mean, and, and so maybe Rule looked at that too. He might have and said, "Like, what are you? What were they doing? Like, yeah. Well, all all this discussion really, in some ways, boils down to if you're not very good up front, there's a lot of offshoot issues. Mm-hmm. Your offensive coordinator is going to be hamstrung, and he's going to get a lot of criticism, and he's going to get ornery, pissed. Can't run the ball. Well, what do we do? Fan base is pissed. Everybody's pissed. If 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 you run the ball, if you run the ball, on the other hand, if you can run the ball, if you have a good offensive line, everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Robin's happy. 
I mean, the, the coach is happy. The assistant coaches are happy. The guys are happy. The defense is happy because they don't have to be on the field all the time. Our shows are better. Like, remember the, the Foster Farms Bowl against UCLA? The yeah. way they ran the ball. How happy was the fans? Just how great that offseason yeah. was because yeah. of that one game. One game they ran the ball against UCLA. <laughs> 400 yards yeah. on UCLA. If you run the ball, everything everything seems better. Everything. Food tastes better. Everything. <laughs> and then those play actions like work and the, like, the tight ends. Yeah, exactly. Streaking wide open. Yeah, everybody looks like Gronk then. You, know? <laughs> you start making like... Third string tight ends yeah. look great. No, you're right, Sean. That's a great example of the Foster Farms Bowl when they ran the ball. God, <laughs> Riley was like Bear Bryant for a night. <laughs> right. Well, like it, <laughs> he was. It was like, wow, look at Riley. They won that game, and then they started seven and zero. Yeah, that's and, right. And then they they got you know they were in the top ten. That's the last time Nebraska's been in the top ten. Was that that part of the season? Yep. So that did help. But we got to uh, continue this discussion. I want to hit transfer portal next. Uh, as of showtime here, 10 entries for Nebraska. We're going to go into those guys. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washhead, Steve Sibble. Before we get into transfer portal talk, this segment brought to you by Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. In fact, I'm heading out there after we get off the show. So I've got a 93.7 The Ticket remote appearance there uh, with DP and Jay. Um, going to be on with our affiliate in Lincoln. But um, get in the Tanner's. They're going to have the volleyball on, Husker basketball this weekend, NFL football. Uh, Army Navy's on for college. Uh, bowl games will start a week from now, uh, but no better place to get wings, burgers, sandwiches, cold beer, um, plenty on tap. Um, they even have bush light on tap, Robin Washett. I, I know that very well. I have sampled their bush light on tap several uh, times. Among many other great beers, but get on Tanner's 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Proud sponsor here of the Husker Online Show. But uh, let's get into the transfer portal. Nebraska, 10 entries into the portal since December 1st. Obviously, they had the one uh, way back a while back ago. Um, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda went Jeez. into the portal, um, but other than that, you know, um, you know, you've had the ten guys now since then. Ernest Hausman being the big one. Decolus Crawford went in. Brant Banks, Camonte Grimes, Jaden Gold, Marquise Black, Jalen Weaver, Alex Kahn, Masai Newsome. Now that group of four, I would call that standard portal business. Um, now, Jamari Butler, the latest one, the 10th entry, that one gets your attention. Three of those are not, to me, standard portal business. Hausman, number one. I'm going to say gold, number two, Butler, number three. Those aren't – those are – those you look at and say, those guys are going to play. Well, I mean, Hausman's already playing a lot. But those the other two, I think Butler and gold were going to be guys that, if they're here in years two, three, and four, they're going to be playing a lot a lot in starting so it's the standard portal attrition but also coaching change attrition so i think you're going to see a larger number no matter what and more significant names just because the coaches that recruited those guys to be here are gone 
and well, maybe outside of some offensive linemen. Uh, but th- that that I mean is going to make it a little bit more drastic than your normal portal attrition. But so far, I mean, you know, you're you're talking about Hausman is the the one known commodity. I mean, we saw flashes of Butler when I mean, we you see the potential with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Gold was the highest rated recruit in the class, and so like there was obviously a lot of optimism and hope about what he could become. But Hausman was the only guy that has left so far that produced at a high level on the big stage. So yeah. considering those two factors, you're the new era of portal attrition and then a coaching change on top of that, I think Nebraska's done okay as far as not being totally decimated with you know where, where we potentially could have been. Two things. You're exactly right, Rob. Um, some of these you got under well, you understand. You guys understand because you're you covered at a high level. But some of these guys were it was suggested that they go into the portal. Marquise Black, yeah. Alex Kahn. Yeah. I would say Masai Newsom to an extent. I mean, maybe, maybe. Well, he was he graded a thirty. He was the lowest graded defensive player on Nebraska's roster that played time this year on PFF. So yes, yeah, some were suggested. And then the other thing I would note that look at Alabama right now. Alabama. The last I saw, Alabama had seven guys go in the portal, and. One of them was a starting guard. Two-year two, starter. Yeah, two-year starter at guard, and two of them had starting experience at receiver. So Alabama's getting having guys go in the portal. Yeah, just the nature of the so, yeah. the game yeah. these days. I mean, one, And I think the question is, is Nebraska done? Done, no. No, I mean, that, that's a scary thing. And, it, and the elephant in the room is Garrett Nelson. We think O'Shawn Mathis is gone. But what are there any other surprises? Are there any other Ernest Hausman surprises? Oh. What about Casey Thompson? What if he needs surgery that requires six-month recovery mm-hmm. on his shoulder? You know, it's another Adrian Martinez situation for the new offensive coordinator. And that he misses spring ball. Right. Now, Adrian, it, you know what? I was wrong on that. I'm seldom wrong. So the, the, <laughs> the times when I'm wrong really jump out. I thought that, I thought that, I thought that would kind of – like when Adrian went to Kansas State and, and, I, and he wasn't going to be available in the spring, I thought, ooh, he's going to have a hard time being the starter. Now, he was a start day one starter. So Casey could miss spring and attend all the practices, learn the offense. Casey's smart. If Rule wants to invest in Yeah, him. here's the difference. K-State recruited Adrian Martinez. They wanted him. Like Colin Klein was in Lincoln the Matt day Rule you is know, the portal. is inheriting Casey Thompson if Casey chooses to come back and so it's a two two factor deal where does Casey want to play another year of college football he obviously has big goals after football where he wants to build that training facility he's already got very specific details about how he wants to get that thing going so I mean there's there's that element too he's and this year beat him up like he was physically wounded after this this uh this season and then not just for the the shoulder injury but you know he had the ribs the elbow uh, the nerve damage that going all down to his pinky fingers i mean like he was uh battered and bruised by the end of this deal and so does he want to go through that again and then right. do it in a new offense having to learn a new coach right. learn a new system uh so i mean there's a lot of variables there and then does he fit what Matt Rule wants and what Satterfield wants with I that offense? So. I think so. I mean, I'm sure he does. I think he but, does. But do they want to sit there and have their starting quarterbacks watch from the sidelines all spring On, and spend the offseason not throwing oh, receivers? Oh, these are, these are, this is a fascinating conversation. Okay, you're exactly right about everything you said. What I would add is, Casey, you, you, you know you've been around Casey. He loves football. He does. He, uh, this is what, that's what he wants to do all the time. He might want to move on, but I, if I think if he can, if the coaches show him, if they say to him, "Look, we want you around. 
I mean, you'll have a mm-hmm. great chance to be that's, our that's, starter. That's the one unknown. Yeah. If, if they say that, I think Case would be inclined to come back because just because of his love for the game. Another chance to play one more year, 25 years old. That would probably be it for him. Another year of NIL? Of course he'd fit the now offense. The... Oh, hold on. Spencer Rattler. I mean, Casey plays a lot like Spencer Rattler, right? Very similar. Mm. Very similar. Rattler was Satterfield's guy. Rattler came on late. I mean, he threw for, he threw 600, for 600 yards against Tennessee. 600 in one game. Um, I know it's weird. Six touchdown passes. He was counting them every time. He'd show the <laughs> – you know, that's two. That's three. That's four. That's five. That's six. He got up to six. Um I, I think I think I think Casey. First of all, I think Casey would fit a lot of offenses, so I think he would fit this one. Now the question is the NIL commitment. You know, can the eighteen ninety collaborative or um, eighteen ninety initiative or the Big Red collaborative? Yeah. You know, the the operating collectives from Nebraska. Can they commit? Can they commit the financial commitment that can it would can take they, to can get they a make ca- it? Can they reach it? Can they? Can they? You know. Yeah, what is the commitment you have to make to a guy that you don't know kind of where he's at mm-hmm. if they bring That's in somebody point. else? That's a good point. Because do you really ex- – I mean, do you expect Satterfield to say, yeah, Chubba's the guy or per- – or I'm not – or Chubba Purdy, Smothers, Smothers Harburg? No. Um, are they going to bring somebody else in? Lo- Torres. Tor- I mean, I mean, Torres is in this discussion, right? What, what are they going to do? Like, I mean, they, and there, there hasn't been any new follow activity at all either. Man, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there, though. A lot of quarterbacks have hit the portal. Six out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Western Kentucky quarterback, big time numbers, four thousand yards. NC State kid. NC State kid. Yeah, one of the six ACC guy, ACC guys. Hey, I got to think he's already got somewhere to go. I mean, of those ACC guys. I can't say his name off the top of my head. The NC State kid. He's probably the best one. Drew he's Leary. the number one guy. Is it Leary? Leary's the name, I think, Rob. And I'll tell you, one of the great things on on um, on three, just our transfer portal coverage. It's and, incredible. Devin Leary. Devin Leary. So Devin they, Leary. They do live rankings of the portal. They rank portal classes now. I mean, the transfer portal is like a second recruiting process now. Mm-hmm. It's like signing day again. And, you know, Shannon Terry kind of saw this moves ahead to kind of create all this transfer portal coverage on on three and it's incredible like the uh, resources we have, a, we have a dedicated writer to national portal don't we yes uh, that would be matt zenith yeah and, and know, there's another one too there's multiple yeah it's a, i would say i was struck by on three's level of cover if you're looking for good portal coverage that's i can't find a place better than on three i mean it, it is really good yeah, transfer portal. Um, Leary is your number one quarterback. Brennan Armstrong from Virginia, number two, and then they re-rank them. So they give you a high school ranking and then your portal ranking. So like it, it stacks the portal ranking over your high school ranking. So you kind of know what the guy was ranked in high school, what he's ranked now. Um, there's a Western Kentucky guy in here. That's oh, he threw for four thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Who's that? The Western Kentucky, player. and he's number five. Yeah, um, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma God, State. That's amazing. Number four. Um, so, yeah, they do a really good job of kind of just breaking this down and letting you know, like Cade McNamara, who's going to Iowa from Michigan, he's number 10. Brennan Armstrong is the Virginia quarterback. He threw for 4,000 yards at Virginia in 2021, got hurt this year, dropped off, didn't put up nearly the numbers. But those guys, man, you look at the portal quarterbacks, there's, there's really good ones out there, but probably hard to get, probably hard to get. And maybe Nebraska doesn't want one. I mean, maybe Casey's already indicated to him, hey, I'll come back. 
I don't know. God, there's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts right now. Mm-hmm. And then you, you look at some of the offers Nebraska's made. Like, they've offered the number one tackle in the portal. We talked about Andre Cornelius. He's got a Nebraska offer. The number one edge in the portal is Andre Carter from Western Michigan. Nebraska offered him yesterday immediately. So they make those kind of offers. And there's, like, the Keegan Johnson offers. And, you know, Keegan's looking at multiple schools. Nebraska's one of them. I think Notre Dame and K-State are the others. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I think the Johnsons probably want to see the quarterback situation here, though, before they decide anything. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. already in a bad quarterback situation. They don't need to get into another one. Yeah. But, all right, when we come back, we're going to talk Nebraska basketball as the Huskers get a big win over Creighton. Uh, they're playing their pre-Big Ten games here as well. They've got Indiana and Purdue. Robin will chime on, in on that next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callen, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple, talking Nebraska basketball as Huskers got their biggest win, Robin, against Creighton over the weekend since when? I mean, given the context of that rivalry, I mean, they've beaten top 10 teams before. They just did it last season at Wisconsin. But... I mean, this one, it came in December. It came uh, on the heels of two straight wins. Now it's a third win in a row. It came against Creighton in Omaha, a top 10 Creighton team, seventh in the nation. And you you snapped uh, a Omaha losing streak that went back to 2004. Uh, so it's up there. I mean, I top two, and it might not be two. Really, on, on in Fred's era? Oh, no doubt it's Fred's era. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, well, that was you'd have to go back to you'd have to go back to Nosit Sunday. I would say. Oh, really? Yeah. Just yeah. the context of beating Creighton in big. their in their building. Big. And, I mean, Robin described that scene. I mean, because I grew up in Omaha, I understand the dynamic of a Creighton the Creighton fan base. Um, just what was the reaction of that crowd? Shock when Nebraska went in there and just beat the crap out of them. Everyone that was in that building was in shock. Nebraska fans were in shock. They were just like astounded that this was happening. Creighton fans were shaking their heads, just like what what what's going on? Like where's this twenty to nothing run that we always go on that puts the game away? Like it, it never happened. And whatever Creighton did, Nebraska had an answer. And every time that uh, it looked like Creighton was finally going to do Creighton things, Nebraska shut it down and played a physical, slow down tempo style of basketball that uh, just Creighton couldn't figure it out. And you know, so, I mean, I think everybody, even the players uh, you know, on both ends, the coaches on both ends, I think shock is probably the best way to put it. That, yeah. that not only that Nebraska won, mm-hmm. but they won in the manner that they did, that they controlled everything that Creighton wanted to do so well. Mm-hmm. They didn't make let them hit threes. They didn't let them score in transition. They milked the possession on uh, offense and were able to just dominate 46 points in the paint. Uh, I mean, they, they tripled Creighton in point paints and uh, held them to two fast break points for the entire game. I mean, literally everything that Nebraska needed to do in that game, they did to absolute perfection. They did. They did. Just summarizing what you said, they dictated terms. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I would mildly disagree with you with, I didn't think Nebraska looked surprised. I thought it really dawned on me about six minutes into the game. They look, they don't, they just look like 
they expected this to happen. I asked Derek Walker after the game if there was a point where they felt like we could win this game, and he said we felt that before the ball was even in the air at tip off. It looked like that to me. So you know, maybe the, maybe that those fifteen guys and that coaching staff weren't shocked, but everybody, right. all Fred, seventeen thousand other people were shocked. Fred didn't seem shocked at all. Fred, but Fred doesn't express shock. He doesn't express no. much of anything. You wouldn't know if he was right. I will tell you this about Fred. I know. I know that he is a hard. I mean, he prepares his teams really well. That hasn't shown, right? Very often, he hasn't got he hasn't gotten his team to execute. But man, they executed that game plan the other day. I mean, it was exquisite. That they they slowed it down. The defense. I was really struck by something Nick Boss said. It was with four minutes left in the first half. Nick's doing a game for FS1, and he said this is as good a defense as Creighton's faced all year. Now, who have they played? Arkansas. Top. Think about Arkansas. Ninth-ranked Arkansas. Arizona. Arizona. Texas. Right. Texas. Yeah. I mean, right there. Texas Tech, I think, right? Um, Not sure. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, think about it. They've played four top 25 teams. Nick said that's as good a defense as Creighton has seen all year. Yeah, and, Hello. He, and he would know. I mean, if, if anybody's going to make that comment and it actually resonates, it would be him. And I agree. I mean, that was the best defense I've seen Nebraska play. I mean – at least under Fred Hoiberg, and there's really nothing even close to that. And it wasn't just the way that um, you know they they took Creighton's transition game; they made everything in the half court difficult. They to did. where like they were almost baiting Creighton into turnovers, to where they were kind of off playing passing lanes and then jumping it with those lengths with, with the length, and they were either creating turnovers or deflecting passes. And so like all the rhythm Creighton usually has on that end of the floor was off. So those 43 pointers they took, the vast majority were rushed, you know, like just kind of, I kind of forcing it a little That's bit. That's what I thought. Now some people would say they missed some open threes. They did. They did. They did. 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 Shireman can get cold quick. I mean, he's either he really hot or That's two games in a row now. They've struggled. Now I will say this about Creighton though, what Nebraska did. Yeah, they did miss some threes, but even those open threes, particularly from Nemhart, were still a little rushed. They were technically open. I mean, he had an open look. But it looked like they were. It looked like Creighton was sped up. Nebraska's defense sped them up. I mean, Nebraska really rotated well. They scrambled really well. Um, it, it was. It was really. A, you, you know who started all that? Emmanuel Bandamel. Okay. Emmanuel Bandamel took the head off the snake with the way that he locked up Ryan Nemhart. Oh yeah. You go back to the game a year ago. Ryan Nemhart took that game over. He didn't just score 22 points and have five assists. He set the tempo on every single possession where Creighton was getting up and down and playing let it fly, roll Jays basketball, and Nebraska couldn't stop it. Well, Emmanuel Bandemel stopped it. He took Nemhart out of the game where uh, five points on three of ten shooting, uh, four turnovers, and just they, they, and again, you go back to the fast break points, they got two. Even better. Zero in the first half. Even better, he was three of 13, Nemhart. No, there Same you go, thing. three yeah. of 13. Yeah, but anyway. I, yeah, I wouldn't have. I didn't know that. Bandamel can play D, right? He's a black shirt. Gary, <laughs> hello, Gary, John, Gary can play D. Absolutely. I mean, you got to give Fred credit. Now we've been, I've been really hard on him, but you really got to give him credit for what he's done here. He flipped the way they approach. He the, got rid of his key coaches too. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? And it it already paid off. I mean, that's a pretty hard like, makeover, right? That's drastic staff changes. Yeah, it's a pretty extreme makeover. And it's already paying. They're six and three. I mean, it's like now, he fired his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Yeah. In a, I mean, when you look at Sadler and, and yeah, I mean, when you can put a football term on them, I mean, he really. I mean, you think of the staff changes, staff change and personnel changes. 
And that's the thing. I mean, the, the, the fact that they flipped the script to a full 180, uh, it had to start from the top. And this is the style of play that they had on Sunday and even uh, over this, these last three games and beyond is so counter to what Fred Hoiberg has built his career off of. I mean, he has always been tempo. He's always been freedom five out, uh, you know, basically an NBA style. And he's won a lot of games before he got to Nebraska doing that. So for him to make that big of an adjustment over the course of one offseason and for it to be working already at this level to where you're beating top 10 teams on the road against your bitter in-state rival uh, and doing it looking like a completely different team than he's ever had here, uh, that's that's a real testament to that commitment that he made to make the right hires, to go get Adam Howard. Adam Howard is a defensive-minded specialist coach from South Alabama who Fred identified a long time ago. Like He had, he had Adam Howard on his list of potential guys that he would take a look at if he got an opening, and he went and got him, and has changed the makeup, and they went and got Juwan Gary. Doesn't care about scoring. Went and got Emmanuel Bandabelle. Doesn't care about scoring. Went and got Sam Greasel. Doesn't care about scoring. They got guys that are committed to doing the dirty work and playing defense and winning a Big Ten style Damn. of play. Damn. All right, Robin, uh, final thoughts here. Indiana, Purdue, Kansas State. What's a realistic view on this trio of games? I think they can, they can get one. I would say that's if I were to set the over under, I'd probably put it at two. Would be like this thing that they're they're really. I mean, yeah, but I'd set it at one and a half, and I take the under. This is the tough. I mean, they're on their toughest stretch of the season right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at this grind. Like that's as difficult of a stretch as you're going to find. And sip to your point, yes, Creighton did play Texas Tech. Like they played. Texas Tech, Arkansas, Arizona, Texas, all top 25 teams in a row. Like, this is at that level. And you're, you're talking about a team like Creighton that's competing for a national championship. Nebraska's entering a, a total rebuild, and they're playing this type of stretch. So uh, if they can get one, I think the Kansas State game might be the most likely. Um, but who knows? If they give Indiana a run, and we're taping this before the Indiana game, they give Indiana a run, they got Purdue on Saturday at home. Maybe they could that home court magic, that PBA magic could come back. All right, when we come back, we're going to take questions in the mailbag. We'll be joined by Grant Hansen next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washhead, Abby Barmore away at volleyball covering the uh, breakfast bracket as Nebraska's playing. How about John Cook, by the way, Sip? He said it was ridiculous the time. I, I don't disagree, though. Like, it's pretty nuts. They're playing a 10 a.m. Thursday game, and then I think Saturdays is fairly early, too. Yeah, I don't know, but 10 a.m. is obtuse i mean abby's gonna have plenty of time to write thursday <laughs> she can deadline is not pressing <laughs> she could take a tour of churchill downs and then go back and write. but filling in for abby barmore in the mailbag pleased to have the always very young talented grant hansen grant welcome hey thanks for having me back well Good. what do you got to lead us off in the mailbag yeah well we'll uh we'll start with uh the elephant in the room is the retention of riola a cost-saving measure did the staff take into account Foley, Rule, Satterfield, all having OL experience, so they can spend more money on the last three to four hires. No, um, I, I don't think it has anything to do with money. 
Um, and I guess it's hard to say until we know what they're going to do with those last hires. Now, if somehow rule like let's just play pie in the sky, got Jim Leonard here for like two million, then all of a sudden we're back to having parades in town. Yeah, I know it would sh- it would shift the conversation dramatically, and maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah, maybe they're like, hey, we're going to money ball this money, and then we're going to give like a guy like say a Jim Leonard, a big name, like two million to be the mm-hmm. coordinator, like borderline head coach money for your DC, which. Mm-hmm. That would at least, I think, calm the waters a little bit about the way that they've gone about this staff because really it's just a bunch of guys that coach with Rule at Carolina, Temple, or Baylor, and then uh, <laughs> Donovan Raiola. So it yeah. hasn't done much to excite the fan base, I'll say that. No, and I don't, I don't think any of us are saying these are bad hires. They're just not high-profile hires. No, given the amount of money they had to spend, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going <laughs> out of their way to get get the splash. No, it, goes, it looks like they might – might be able to hand Trev back a couple mil. <laughs> <laughs> They're being good stewards. <laughs> yeah, I got you with that, didn't I? Good stewards. Sybil's had to like compose himself with that line. <laughs> what do you got next, Grant? We gotta let Sybil kind of. You're a good steward. <laughs> You're a good steward. Uh, this one's from Stephen Costello. He says, "Talk about tampering in the transfer portal." He's interested to know if penalties are going to be enforced or how they would be enforced. What prevents top teams cherry-picking? Look, nothing you can – look at Jordan Addison. I mean, Lincoln Riley basically, like, went to Pitt and took him from Pat Narduzzi. They knew it. Everybody knew it. What happened? Nothing. Oh, players talk about it openly that they're contacted. Now, what is the remedy? How do you you remedy the situation? I don't know. I think you can. It would take massive – NCAA is not going to do it. Can't. It, it just it'd be almost next to impossible, right? Because there's so many teams and so many people involved. And if you lawyer up and protect yourself, it's a pain. You, you're not going to catch anything. And there's so many ways to tamper, quote unquote, without actually going straight to the player. So by the definition of the penalty, I mean you can talk to parents, uncles, coaches, agents, girlfriends, you know, girlfriend, you know whatever. whatever. Like, there's so many ways to contact a player, skirting around the rules. This is what we wanted. This is what we're getting. Yep. This one's from Michael. He says he's surprised that Hausman is transferring. Do you think he's really going, or is the rule staff trying to recruit him back? Do you think Hausman will be open to meeting the new defensive staff? No, I, th- I think he's gone. Um, hmm. I don't want to say there was tampering, but I, I think the way he played at the end of the year, I, I think it, it showed enough that a lot of people were interested. Well, in think him. about Michigan. Michigan, which recruited him hard out of high school. And it was on ABC. Yeah, and then he goes to Michigan and makes 10 tackles and looks really good. Like that J.J. McCarthy sack, I mean, that's like a play you see like an Ohio State guy. I mean, a high-level, you know, NFL-level guy make. That was not a freshman play. Mm -hmm. And if you're hardball, you're like, wait, we recruited that guy, right? Mm -hmm. Let's get him. Just like Braylon Allen. They uh, went after, you know, they tampered with Braylon Allen. Michigan did. And and Braylon Allen is going to stay at Wisconsin. He tweeted that out mm-hmm. last night or the other night. Yeah, I mean, for Hausman was the one guy, like, of guys I thought Nebraska could least afford to lose or would least want to lose. It'd be Ernest On Allen. defense. What about A.J. Allen? Well, I mean, we, we saw glimpses of A.J. Allen. We saw a season's worth of Erzin Hausman. And he was playing exceptional football. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a big loss. I think Jaden Gould is sort of a – under the radar loss. Yes. Uh, within the program, those coaches thought a st- 
future starter for sure, and maybe an all Big Ten type player in Gould. That's a tough one. Well, and, and, and I'd say Jamari Butler. What, what, you know, and you thought him a New Jersey guy. You're like, okay, he fits kind of the the fabric of this staff a little bit. Northeastern kid. Yes. And how that didn't work is kind of. I mean, that's the transfer portal, though. You ask yourself that question a lot. Yeah, Jamari Butler too is a one. I think Jamari Butler had a pretty bright future here as a pass rusher. That one just happened. Before we went on, before we went on air, and I'm a little um, I, that that one kind of took me by surprise. That's a strong position. Now you got to watch that position now, mm-hmm. the edge, because O'Shawn Mathis is talking about going to the NFL. Garrett Nelson hasn't announced his status. Um, that's hey, listen, if you lose Butler, Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn, you're gutted at that position. That's and it'd be, that's a, a critical position. Are there any players, either on the team or incoming, that will drastically improve the play of the offensive line next year? Um, that's hard to say. I, I, I don't, I don't see any. No, portal. The por- I mean, and once again, what we've learned with the portal is the good linemen, the good edge rushers. Everybody wants them. Yeah, everybody. It's true, Sean. I mean, when like this guy from Rhode everybody. Island that Nebraska offered. I mean, let me tell you his name. You know, like you're like, oh, Nebraska offered a guy from Rhode Island. You like do the digging on this guy. Um, so, Andre Cornelius, an O lineman out of Rhode Island, he's the number one player now in the portal on the on three transfer portal list. Guy like that has like 50 or more offers. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was on the Outland Trophy semifinal deal a couple weeks ago, and we interviewed a lot. All five, I interviewed all five of the semifinalists. Uh, Otimi from Michigan, um, that was the Virginia transfer. He said he had 90 options if he wanted them. And, you know, he was a finalist for the Remington Trophy at Virginia. They lost um, Coach Anae, and then he left. You know, and, and Bronco, uh, Bronco Mendenhall left there. So he, he went in the portal, went to Michigan. He's an All-American at Michigan. There, there you go now. Hausman, I, I bet you Haus, how many options do you think Hausman has? 40 or 50. Jeez. I mean, just based on I, – I did an audit of his Twitter followers, okay. and, you know, he had 40 or 50 teams of note following him. That, that followed him after his announcement? And 30 – or 40 were power five. Jeez. Man. See, yeah, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida, and, Arizona, and if, USC. And if, he, and if he wants to play the the leverage game, the NIL game, he'll, he'll command some money. And I don't know if they're like, I mean, I think they're very good. I mean, like he's worth money. He'll get opportunity. But I, I don't see them being like that. You know, the like house, what? Just going, they don't want to make money? Going to the highest bidder. <laughs> going to the thing. highest. I think he's going to go to the best situation. I mean, I very good family. I mean, I've met his. I've met his sister actually um, at the Shriner dinner. She works at the funeral home in Omaha. Hefe Alfred Dork, yeah. and her dad's a, the dad's a principal in Columbus. Great family. Yeah. Great Nebraska. I mean, it's a huge blow to lose this guy. Huge I would blow. say that. My take is what what other situations outside of going to a program that's going to compete for a national championship? I mean, you're an in-state kid. You're going to start. And well, maybe start. I guess probably. We'll, see. well, maybe not this we'll year. See, yeah. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, you have Henrich and the, Reimer the Nick back. Henrich and Reimer situation. Yeah. Maybe that was part of it. But I mean, the NLI op- NIL opportunities are going to be as good here for a guy like that as they are anywhere in the country. So I don't know. What it's if this, confusing? To me. What if this curveball comes Nebraska's way? A guy like Reimer, who grew up in small town Kansas, says, "You know what? I want to go back to Kansas and play at Kansas State." Some guys literally come in and say, I'm not going to just play at one school. I want to I want to play a couple or maybe three. Um, that's the mindset. Change now. of scenery. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a mindset. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm with you about Hausman. Clearly is a, is a tough loss for Nebraska. 
and again, we do have to leave open a possibility that we're wrong that he'll come back. But my read is like yours. I don't think he's. I don't think he'll be back. All right. Final question, Mister Hanson. Can we talk about who the best ping pong player is on the team, and who do you think will get the golden paddle for best recruiter on this staff? Um, the golden paddle. Do they get a golden paddle? No. No, it's a joke. It's the, from the recruiting visit. I mean, I, Matt Rule's playing the parents. Oh, okay. First of all, I, I think Matt Rule's you know, this recruiting cycle is being built around him. Like this is his show, and everybody else seems to be kind of the supporting actors. That's my view okay. from afar, watching this play out. The assistants have been key, but there isn't an assistant coach on the staff that's There's like no Mickey type that's taking the spotlight. The spotlight is on Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. He's pay, playing ping pong with Julie Noonan. They played mm-hmm. two nights in a row, and they're tweeting. I mean, you're not, you know, the other assistants are just having kind of the standard. It was great to have coach here, you know, a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, rule you can tell is the guy. You know, I talked to Mark Bramer, the father of Ben Bramer, the tight end. Yes, and he said Satterfield was a nice guy, but Mark, Matt Rule did most of the talking, if not all the talking. So, like, it, I mean, this is his show. So interesting. It's going to be built around him. As for the ping pong, sorry guys, grew up at the table in my basement. I'll take any of you on right oh, now. Oh, I don't know, Sean. I'd be careful with all that. I grew up with a table too. We played. I'm more athletic. We're actually bowl. thinking about getting one for Christmas too. So I'm. We excited should get about one that. in here. What are we waiting for? Yeah, we have well, a space we for got, it. <laughs> that would that would be hilarious. If we It'd be good one. for morale. It really would. You know, I mean, we'd have to move out a few things, but get rid of the couch. We're in a tumultuous situation. We, we got to boost up some morale here. Oh yeah. Hey, one thing that you said is very interesting to me. Very interesting. About the rule how rule the how impact impactful he is and how his uh persona kind of dominates the discussion way different than Frost. I mean, that is you couldn't have described a different scenario than what Nebraska well, just had. In the Frost high, stayed in the shadows, really, right? Yeah, he let Ryan Helds and other coaches kind of get headlines. Yeah, uh, Mickey, Mickey, right? But I, I think way different now. In, in this situation, yeah, you're right. I mean, the guys he's bringing in—they're not assistant coaches that are going to grab a lot of attention. They're guys that are going to follow the plan that he wants them to follow, and they've done it. You know, most of those guys have been part of this process before. They know their role. They know what sells and and what their part in this whole equation. They've is. been with them exactly. All right, the coaching carousel is moving in the Big Ten. Uh, Jeff Brom leaving Louisville, as is Jim Leonard at Wisconsin. We're going to chime in on that next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Final segment of the show had a great show here with transfer portal basketball talk coach hires let's close now guys with um coaching talk around the big 10 as some movement this week in the conference and i want to hit on colorado too because that's really impactful here because nebraska's gonna play colorado the next two years in a row with Deion sanders there but uh first jeff Brom from um to louisville purdue head coach and then jim leonard is leaving wisconsin after the bowl game and how about how crazy is it that Luke Fickle is going to be involved in the bowl game? Pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, is that 
how out of the realm is that? Like, I don't know. I've never seen it before. Where I'm an, trying to think of examples where a new well, coach Rick took Kaczynski over. came to that bowl game when Nebraska um, played South Carolina. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And he was involved at practices, but more in an observatory role. <laughs> like Luke Fickle's the head coach of Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very odd. I mean, it, it's really rare for the guy to come in and obviously then not be a part of Cincinnati's bowl game and then to have Louisville's head coach leave to go to Cincinnati, which gets Purdue's coach to leave to go to Louisville. Yeah, very, let's just get into it here. I mean, really underwhelming hire by Cincinnati to go get Scott Satterfield from Louisville, who's 25 and 24 at was it was 25 and 24 at Louisville. Really did nothing. Seven and five this year. So somebody's got to help me with this. What since he didn't have anybody else they could go to other than a twenty-five and twenty-four head coach? I mean, you would think they would. I mean, given the going six, to the Big Twelve, the program that they've built, their their moves that they got going ahead. I mean, that's that's a pretty good job that you would think would attract somebody. Maybe just the 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 regional ties there. They figured that it would be a seamless transition. I, I don't know, but I'm with you. It, it, Underwhelming. If, I, if, I, if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'm I'm very upset. If you're on the other hand. If you're a Louisville fan, you're thrilled. Mm-hmm. Satterfield out, unexpectedly, by the way, caught his AD totally by surprise, Satterfield. And then they went and got Braun. And they went and get their native son, Yep, the, Jeff Braun. Their golden boy. Um, it, he is. <laughs> Careful with he that. He is. Liberty High School. I think it's West Liberty High. He's he their played. Scott Frost. He's yes, their he Jim Harbaugh. He's from Louisville. It's even and yeah. his dad's a high school coach in Louisville. Yeah, his dad was his quarterback's coach in high school. Braun played at Louisville, started at least two years. One of their top ten all-time quarterbacks. Um, not not their all-time best, but one of, one of the best. So, yeah, that's a hu- it's huge. Now, now, where does Purdue go? Yeah, let's go. Um, our friends at Golden Black, um, led by Tom Deanhardt, who's one of the best in the business, um, put together their hot board of just candidates at Purdue. And here is what ta- – um, let's see. Brian Braun will be the interim head coach, by the way, for Purdue's bowl game. That's the brother of Jeff Brom. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to think he's going to Louisville as well. Um, but here is the hot board from Tom Deanhart. Tier one, Troy Calhoun, Air Force head coach. Dave Clawson, Wake Forest head coach. Willie Fritz, Tulane head coach. Tyson Helton, Western Kentucky. Charles Huff, Marshall head coach. Joe Moorhead, Akron head coach. Their tier two is Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Chris Creighton, Eastern Michigan. Mike Elko, Duke, Mark Hagan, their current co-defensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, Alabama offensive coordinator, their third tier of candidates, Dave Aranda, Baylor, Dave Doran, North Carolina State. Now, Doran kind of intrigues me. I don't know why. Uh, Brian Harson, Auburn. Um, Dan Mullen, currently at ESPN. And then Kevin Sumlin. And then Jeff Trailer. I'll throw in there as well, from Texas San Antonio. So the, I mean, the the tiers aren't just like the top candidates, right? It's, it's most likely. So I mean that that makes a little bit more sense that the tier three names are much bigger and much more appealing, I'm sure, to fans than the tier one. But you know, I, I saw some other ones were like, wasn't like Craig Bowl mentioned on Craig one? Bowl was in the in the Louisville or no in the in the Lafayette paper. That, that was strange. Yeah, sixty four years old. Craig Bull, Dino Babbers was in the 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 West Lafayette newspaper. It's the Courier Courier, I think. I, I mean, the, the list is pretty wide ranging. Of these names that we've gone through, 
Now, the question I have automatically is, what about Leonard, by the way? I mean, don't you put Jim Leonard in this in this conversation? I don't know why he wouldn't. Would they go defense, though? I, well, I feel like Purdue is a school that their success has always been offense. Joe Tiller. Yep. Joe Tiller was offensive-minded for sure. Yeah, Sean, I, I was, I was going to raise that exact issue. I don't know. You, you could go defense. It would be a departure at Purdue to have that kind of coach for sure. Um, I don't know. That could go a number of ways. I, but I'll tell you one thing. The AD, I'm sure, has a great idea of who he wants. Mike Bobinski. Because Bobinski has had to be prepared for this for some time. Right. right? This exact scenario had potentially been playing out for like the last two or three years. So Brom turned the job down in 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it was only his second year at Purdue. All right, now, year, and he turned it down at that time because he said, I just, listen, listen i got to show more loyalty than that. I'm not going to just be here for two years. Mm-hmm. So now six years in, it makes sense for him to go. But Bobinski, the AD, always had – this was an eventuality, right? This was basically an eventuality. It was going to happen. He was going to face this situation. Mm-hmm. So I bet Bobinski knows exactly where he's going, right? Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, Bur- I mean, that's so. a that was a great hire by Purdue when they hired Jeff Brown. Oh, excellent. I mean, yeah. think about Daryl Hazel, how yeah. bad they were. It was really bad. And then I'm trying to think. I mean, it was like 2-31 and 31 in the Big Ten. And then they brought in an interim head coach. And Ross Ells was the defensive coordinator on that staff mm-hmm. with Daryl Hazel, the last the last staff, one, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and Brom, what he did there, I mean, it, it was, I mean, he really stabilized. I mean, it make them, they made the Big Ten championship, made the Big game. Ten I mean, championship they, game. They won nine games a year ago. They beat Tennessee last year in Nashville. Yes, they did. Think about just those two things, Sean. They beat Tennessee in a bowl game and then went to the Big Ten championship game and acquitted themselves well. And it wasn't – they played pretty well in that game. Oh, yeah, that game was much closer than I expected. Yeah, it was a good game. It, Purdue's tough. They're a tough team. Like, he's an elite offensive mind. No doubt about it. Creativity is oh, – you know what he does? I mean, I heard Joel Klatt talking about it on the broadcast, the Big Ten broadcast. You know what it is? It's creativity and toughness. That's what it, That's what he's known for. Creativity on offense and tough overall toughness. And he got himself a first-round NFL quarterback, Nathan O'Connell. Whoa, 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 first, whoa, 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 first whoa, whoa, round. Whoa, Aiden O'Connell. So? You don't think so? I, I, it's only interesting that you raise that because I raised it on my rate on our radio show at the ticket. You got shot out by the young I, guys. I wondered about that. I thought, Robin. I thought like you did. I thought he's got to be a first rounder. He's projected third or fourth. Okay. I think first round. I, I mean, what, what, what would keep him from? Oh, like a being a mid to late first rounder. I suppose he's not the world's best athlete, but man, he can make a lot of throws now. I mean, yeah. you saw the Nebraska game; he made throws that were almost strangely accurate. High character, high intelligence, pretty great athletic. arm talent, pretty athletic. I mean, a, a guy that worked his way in his position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was hardly the high level recruit to some of the other quarterbacks in this draft class, and. He's put himself in the, I don't know, and maybe first is overselling him a little bit, but surefire day two draft pick. I would think so. I would think. Yeah, I would think so. All right, guys. Well, it's been a great show. Um, lots to follow. Robin will have full basketball coverage. We're going to have volleyball coverage all weekend as well. Jeez. Abby Barmore is in Louisville. And then anything breaking with the coaching staff, the transfer portal, the big recruiting weekend, uh, we will have you covered this weekend on HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.